you believe that, give me a big Baptist amen this morning. Thank you for being here. I'll give you just a couple of quick requests. I want you to, of course, pray for Sister Kyla. We had mentioned to a lot of folks uh, that she had to have a repeat surgery this past weekend. She's doing well, uh, recovering, but pray for her. Pray for our services today. We're looking forward to the presence of the Lord in our midst. Uh, uh, lots of requests were shared downstairs uh, during uh, our uh, uh, Bible study class, I'm sure up here as well. And so let's ask the Lord to meet our need this morning and most of all for his presence to be felt. Josh, you take us to the throne room of grace this morning, if you would. Josh will pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we come to you this morning, Lord. We first want to thank you for the opportunity to be here. Lord, we don't take for granted that the doors are open this morning, Lord, and we don't take for granted that this church is here, Lord, and we just thank you so much for that. And, Lord, I just pray that you'll be with the services today, God. Lord, I thank you so much for my health and for the health of my family and the health of each and every person that's here this morning, God. And I just thank you for the drive in each person's heart this morning that you put there to, for us to get up and come to church this morning because we very easily could have stayed at home. But, God, I just thank you so much that we're here. And, Lord, I just pray that you'll let your presence be known this morning, God. I pray that you'll just fill this sanctuary this morning with your spirit and with your love. And, God, I just pray that you'll be with Brother Greg as he brings us a message this morning, God. I pray that you'll speak through him, Lord, and I pray that you'll just... Let his words just touch our hearts. And, Lord, I just pray that the scriptures will be made known to us this morning. And, God, I pray it will be a drama practice after church today. God, I pray that we'll all have the right mind and the right heart, Lord. And I pray that we'll give it our all to bring forth the picture that you would have for us to portray. And, God, once again, I pray that you'll be with the services today. And if there be one lost soul in here this morning, God, I pray that you'll just touch them. God, if there be somebody that feels like they're, they're just backslidden, Lord, I pray that you'll just help them to come down and, and just give their life back to you, God. And I just pray that you'll just touch each and every one of us. And, God, I pray that you'll uh, continue to bless us. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Do you believe God's been good to you, church? Amen. I want you to listen to Brother Ken sing this wonderful song, You've Been Good to Me. When I think of all the many times I've been spared pain and misery Even when I played the fool unseen hand was there protecting me though I've had my share of troubles I must confess to this reality when I look back on my yesterdays I have to raise my hands and say Lord you've been
promise, Lord, if I confess to all my sins, forgiveness would be mine. And faithful to your promise, you've cleansed the stain that sin had left behind. And just like it never happened, you held me in your arms so tenderly. Assured me of your mercy, restored my soul completely. for you this morning and I sure love the words to this song I don't know what you're facing I don't know what circumstances or trial you may be going through in your life but I sure know the one who's got the answer and I know the one who's always got it figured out before you know you've got the problem I, I want you to listen to one of my favorite songs one scarred hand
Thank you for being here this morning, church. I appreciate that so much. Let me give you some quick announcements, and then we'll have our little ones head on up here for Children's Church and Junior Church, first of all. Uh, as we have been doing, uh, our evening services uh, will be taking up with practice. We practice today. Everyone who's involved, please note that we are doing scene six. 
7 and 8 today. Uh, we'll be doing that at 2.30, go throughout the afternoon and evening. No evening services tonight as we continue our drama rehearsal uh, for a fantastic new production. I know it will be a blessing to you. Uh, I hope you've already been praying for it uh, and that you'll continue to do so. Every year we've had souls saved because of it, and we're looking forward to that again. All the work that you see up here at the front this morning uh, was done in pre preparation for that, and I appreciate those that were able to come out yesterday morning to get that done. So a few other reminders and announcements. This coming Wednesday is Trunk or Treat here at the church. We will, of course, have our regular Awana program. And then uh, the, the, the uh, adults will be dismissed at 745 to go out and get yourselves ready. And then the kids will be dismissed at 8 o'clock. Parents, as always, you'll need to get your kids. So parents, please wait and get your kids. You understand why we do that. And then we'll have a wonderful time out in our parking lot of Trunk or Treat. Kids are encouraged and welcome to dress uh, for the uh, house. Halloween festivities. Uh, uh, that will be a spectacular event. It always is, and we're sure looking forward to that. I got to put a smile on your face uh, to share this with you. Um, <clears throat> what's the name of that movie? Um, how many of you, my, my house is Nerd Paradise. How many of you know the little comic book movie, Guardians of the Galaxy? The rest of you uh, probably need to get saved. Amen. There is a character in there called Gamara. She's green. She's the daughter of a goddess. Um, she she's plays a very, a daughter of a god. She plays a very important role. The main character in the movie is a fella by the name of Star-Lord. Now, some of you young folks, you're nodding your head. You know exactly what I'm talking about, all right? The rest of you, don't judge me. I'm a sinner saved by grace. Amen. Comic books, I still love them. Well, we took Nick and Lydia out to dinner, my wife and I did, with James uh, a couple of weeks ago. And we were asking Nick and Lydia, are you all going to dress up for Halloween this year? Nick's like, yeah, 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 we are, we are. And Lydia's like, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. My wife says, why don't y'all be that comic book character, Sodom and Gomorrah? My son-in-law has already learned. He looked up at me and said, I'm not touching that. I'm not touching that. <laughs> we'll have a good time Wednesday night. Uh, again, uh, kids are welcome to come dressed. Let's have a good time together as we give them a safe place to do some trick-or-treating. few other announcements for you. Thank you for those that have already been bringing in your Operation Christmas Child stuff, be it the quarters that continues uh, or the, or, or, uh, the uh, boxes that you're already bringing in. All of that needs to be turned in by Sunday, November the 11th. And then a new announcement, not in your bulletin, that I will add. We will have a shoebox packing party, a celebration here on Saturday, November the 10th, the day before they're due. Please note that. Those of you that always help us, we could sure appreciate that. And if you don't, we have a great time together. November the 10th, 10 o'clock here at the church. Dress comfortably. Uh, we do a shoebox celebration to get everything ready on November the 11th. We'll have it all out here uh, so that we can pray over it before we send it out. Then on November the 18th, Civil Servant Sunday, where we honor our police officers. Lunch to follow. You note in your bulletin there, the church is invited to a baby shower for Britta Crenshaw uh, on Saturday, December the 1st. Of course, Britta grew up in our church, and we praise the Lord for how he's using them now. Please, uh, uh, RSVP, that information is in there as well. And then as we always say, 
If you would like to see receive uh, regular updates regarding anything special and you're not, that information uh, is listed at the bottom of your bulletin. Just write your name and phone number, and we'll be sure to add you to our list. One other prayer request. Please pray for Brother Wayne Griffin. Brother Wayne sits over here beside of Brother Coe most of the time. He's got to have back surgery in the morning uh, down at Eden, so please pray for Brother Wayne if you would. All right, all the youngsters that are heading to Children's Church, Junior Church, come on this morning. Everybody heading to Children's Church and Junior Church, come over here if you would. James will give you the uh, uh, buckets for you to come around. If you're visiting, they're going to come collect any loose change that you've got. This helps support our kids and ladies' ministries here at the church. Come here, guys. Everybody heading to Children's Church, Junior Church. Amen. Thank you so much. Just before the ushers come down, I want to say a huge thank you to the church for your kindness last week at Pastor Appreciation. You all always spoil us to death. Uh, and I'm so grateful for it, for how good you are to my family, and I know Brother Ken feels the same way. I'm going to talk to you a little bit this morning about who I think the real heroes of the ministry are, uh, but I appreciate so candidly uh, your kindness to, to us, and I personally believe that's one of the reasons God blesses our church, because you all are so good to the leadership here, and we are forever grateful for that. Fellas, make your way down if you would. 
I say all the time, I say this every year, I get embarrassed by how good you all are to me, but not so embarrassed that I want you to quit. Amen. We're going to ask God's blessings upon the offering. Father, thank you, Lord, for the day, for the opportunity that you have provided for us to assemble ourselves together. Lord, I pray your blessings upon this offering. May it be just exactly what it's supposed to be, the gift, the giver. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to give back a portion of that with which you have blessed us. Lord, we love you. We thank you for loving us in Christ's name. Amen. No, I think we can all, we all in our lives, we all go through storms and trials and tribulations. No, God didn't promise us as his child that we wouldn't go through storms and trials and testings and tribulations of that matter. But he did promise he'd go with us. I love this old song. It's always near and dear to my heart. I keep it on my mind a lot. Till the storm passes by, I hope it's a blessing to you. Let me stand. 
on that bright, peaceful shore in that land where the tempest never comes. Lord, may I dwell with Thee till the storm passes by. Till the storm together one more time we'll have a fellowship song page 183 this morning is a song we all love so well oh how i love jesus page 183 we'll do that first verse and chorus have us a time of fellowship there is a name i love i'm in the wrong key amen <laughs>
Amen. Thank you, ladies. Congregation, I want you to turn in your Bibles this morning to Exodus, please. Chapter number 17. The book of Exodus, please. Chapter number 17. Brother Doug and Sister Lorraine Whitlow, you all just celebrated an anniversary a couple of weeks ago. How long have y'all been married now? 66 years. Isn't that awesome? That is spectacular. Love that. That's fantastic. Fantastic. Exodus chapter number 17, please. I'm going to begin reading in verse number 8 and read down through verse number 15. Exodus chapter 17, beginning in verse number 8. If you have found your place, say amen. Let's read together. Then came Amalek, fought with Israel and Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out, men. Go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said unto him, and fought with Amalek, Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. Moses' hands were heavy. They took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon. And Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the other one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Can I paraphrase that? Joshua whooped them. The Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. For I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under the heaven. Moses built an altar called the name of it Jehovah Nisi. Thank you for your word this morning, Lord. God, we could stop right now and say that it's been a good day in God's house. Your presence has been real. The songs have plucked our heart and prepared us. But Lord, we come now to the part of the hour that is so vital, so important, as I always say, Lord, it's not because I'm doing it, but it is because you have ordained the foolishness of preaching. So, Lord, just as humbly as I can, I ask you to bless the simple outline that I believe you've laid upon my heart. Lord, that you'd get me out of the way, forgive me of any unconfessed sin. Lord, may I say what you want to be said and say nothing that would not be pleasing to you. Lord, most importantly, may the words that I say be the instrument by which the Holy Spirit convicts hearts, draws them into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, 
And Lord, strengthens us for whatever it is that you've called us to do. Bless the preaching in Jesus' name. Amen. I've told you the last few weeks that so oftentimes the circumstances in which I find myself or any given situation are oftentimes the impetus for where the subsequent messages come from. And the reason I believe the Lord turned my heart to this passage happened last Sunday morning at about this time while my wife and I were sitting right there. The kindness that Brother Coffey shared in what he spoke and the kindness with which you bestowed upon my family and Brother Ken's family as the pastor and the leadership here was once again just simply spectacular. But I'm going to be very blunt with you, church. I sat right there thinking to myself that the real heroes of this ministry are not being acknowledged this morning. The real heroes that keep this church as strong as it is and keep this church as vibrant as it is and keep this church moving forward in the capacity that it does will in all likelihood never receive the acknowledgement that we received last week. Don't misunderstand me. I am so grateful for how kind you are to our family on Pastor Appreciation Day. But I want you to hear me and hear me well. The heroes of a church ministry don't stand on the platform. They sit in the pews. The heroes of any ministry are often overlooked, unacknowledged, and unsung. Several years ago, downstairs in my Bible study Sunday school class, I did a series of six lessons on what I called obscure people in Scripture. People who pop up, do something, vanish from Scripture, and we rarely, if ever, see their names again. People who on the rarest of occasions, candidly, ever have a message preached about them, a lesson taught about them, but who did something spectacular such that it is recorded in the canon of Scripture and lives have been indelibly impacted because of the work of those individuals. Of all the six that we looked at, to me, none was as magnanimous or as important as this little man named Her. H-U-R. You see, when we open the book of Exodus, this is a very important moment, chapter 17, in the life of the nation of Israel. As they journey to the promised land, in chapter 17, they are faced with their very first encounter against an opposing army. The Bible tells us that they come face to face with the armies of Amalek. We know the people as the Amalekites, they would forever, for a very long time anyway, be a thorn in the flesh of the nation of Israel. And in this simple story, there are four men whose names are mentioned directly. Three of them we know and we know well because we preach and talk about them all the time. We know the man Moses, what an incredible leader he was. We know the man Aaron, the brother of Moses, who would become the first high priest and would initiate the priesthood and the Levitical system of worship. We know the name Joshua. He would be the successor of Moses. 
Every time I say that name, I I know I've shared this story a thousand times, but I cannot mention the name Joshua without thinking about this story. One of the last Sundays uh, that we were at Wayside Baptist before uh, we would assume the pastorate at Amazing Grace, my father-in-law was preaching about Joshua. Renee had just given birth to Lydia. She was just a few weeks old at that point. Uh, She's sitting right there. I'm sitting behind her. Uh, My wife says, come here. I lean forward. Uh, She said, I'd like the name of our third child to be Joshua. I looked up at her and I said, baby girl, go ahead and pick out the name of your next husband while you're at it. Amen. We know those three names. We know Moses. We know Aaron. We know Joshua. We don't know the fourth man, her. Her. And I want you to listen to me very carefully what I'm about to say. Heroes of the ministry are people like her. People who show up. People who do the work. People who are unacknowledged. Her is a man who steps seemingly out of nowhere, does a great work, and then almost disappears into the shadow of Scripture once again. May I submit to you this morning, her is a hero. And I am convinced with all of my heart that of all of the four of these, her stands out. He's a man about whom we know next to nothing, yet he enables the entire nation to experience an incredible victory. So I'm going to say again, thank you, thank you, thank you for the kindness that you paid to my family and Brother Ken's family last week. But I want to spend this morning thanking all the hymns and the hers out there who are like this her in Scripture. You are people who don't get acknowledged. You are people who operate behind the scenes. You are people uh, who seldom get the pats on the back that you deserve. But would you listen to me? You are the heroes of this church. You are the ones upon whom this church depends. You are the ones upon whom this church is founded. Because without the hers, everything would fall apart. You are the people who are willing to operate seemingly in obscurity. You enable the rest of us to do what the Lord has called us to do without having to worry about whether the other things are going to be taken care of. So I want to take just a moment and give you a message that I'm entitling The Real Heroes of Ministry. The Real Heroes of Ministry. I'll give you four characteristics of these people. Number one, These kind of people are absolutely invaluable. Let me say it again. These kind of people are absolutely invaluable. Go with me to verse 12 again, please. Notice what it says. But Moses' hands were heavy. They took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon. And Aaron and her stayed up his hands, the one on the one side, the other on the other side, and his, Moses, hands were steady unto the going down of the sun. If you've been in church any length of time, you know the story. Again, this is the first physical army encounter that the nation of Israel would, would face. And God is very clear, as long as Moses has his hands up, 
Joshua gets the victory. Joshua leading the Israelites. As long as Moses has got his hands up, and that's rich with symbol, rich with meaning, but as long as Moses has got his hands elevated to God, then the nation of Israel is victorious. But the moment Moses begins to lower his hands, Amalek gets the victory. I could spend a lot of time here, church, but that simple story is rich with symbolism. You see, folks, uh, that place of elevation with hands lifted up, that's a symbol of submission. That's a symbol of saying to God, I can't, but you can. That's a symbol of saying to God, I can't depend upon me, but I'm going to depend upon you. And the moment that the hands come down out of tiredness, out of fatigue, we understand it. I challenge you to go outside and keep your hands up all day long. You'll begin to understand that absent a little bit of help, you'd never be able to do it. So now Moses is in a position where it's not just him, it's not just his family, it's the entire nation of Israel who's depending upon him to keep his hands up. May I say to you this morning, any ministry leader has to know that we better keep our hands elevated towards heaven, otherwise it's the people who perish. We need to understand that it's not of our might, it's not of our own ability, it's not of our own well-doing. we got to keep our hands elevated to God as a way of saying, God, I can't, but you can. But look at me, them hands get tired. Them shoulders get weary. The load becomes very difficult to bear. And any minister worth his or her weight will tell you that we need people who will come along beside us and help us hold up the hands. Help us take up the work. Help us, if you will, to ensure that the job does not go undone. Would you amen me this morning by saying this? When I say this, the work of Aaron and her in holding up the arms and hands of Moses, was absolutely invaluable. Put it to you this way. Without Aaron and without her, Israel is defeated. Without Aaron, without her holding up the hands of Moses, without Aaron and without her stepping up and doing their part, there will be absolute destruction on this, the very first battle that Israel faces. May I say to you this morning, church, things haven't changed in the 4,000 years since this has been written. You see, I'm convinced, folks, that without any shadow of a doubt, there are people in church today who never get the credit for the work they do. Those people who are not seen, they don't get the headline-grabbing work of the ministry. But would you listen to me? Please get what I'm about to say. Behind every person that stands on this platform, there is an army of hers who are lifting up their hands. Behind every person that stands behind this desk, this pulpit, there is a her that is lifting up that person. I'm always flattered beyond measure. When I stand at the back of the church and people come around and shake my hand and say, Pastor, that was a great service. And I'm always flattered by that. But in reality, there was a week's worth of work leading up to a 30-minute message. Let me say that again. There is an entire week's worth of work that leads up to a 90-minute worship experience and a 30-minute message. I know I've been at this long enough to know that anything that comes out of my mouth 
comes to I hope and pray from the word of God and because of the ability that God's given me but I steadfast even say this greater I also know that anything that comes out of my mouth is because there's some folks out there who are holding up this preacher in prayer there is nothing that I think is more important than you praying for the preacher and forgive me that it's me but you praying for the man of God that delivers the word of God to you it is a matter of great urgency I don't need to tell you this folks but a quick grab of the headlines will remind you this is a wicked crazy world in which we live in and each new headline shows just how wicked and vile this world is becoming it takes courage to stand up and say this is what God says It takes fortitude to stand up and say, God says this, and God says don't do that. So may I say to you, every one of you that prays for me, please don't quit. Every one of you that lifts up my name in the name of the church, in the name of the church leadership and prayer, please don't quit. We are absolutely dependent upon your prayers. This church would be, listen to what I'm about to say. Thank God for good instrument playing. I am so th- I will be forever grateful for the wife God gave me. She as is as much a partner in this ministry as any other assistant could be because I am so dependent upon what she does. Thank God for good instrument playing. Thank God for good choir singing. Thank God for good talent. But we could do without all of that. We could have church without all of that. We could not have church without the fervent prayer of the people in the pews. Thank you. Please don't quit. Number one, these kind of people are absolutely invaluable. Number two, these kind of people are always involved and you never have to ask. I could just park right there and shout for about an hour. What do you mean, Pastor? Her wasn't a great leader like Moses. Her would never be a general like Joshua. Her was never a high priest like Aaron. He was not a a general in the army. Her was just her. However, on this day, at this moment, at this time, her could do one thing, and he gave it everything he had. He had one ability I can't be the one that lifts up my hands in prayer for Moses, but I can come along beside him and hold his hands up. God did not, listen to what I'm about to say, God did not call her to be the one who sat on the rock and lifted his hands up. God did not call her to be the one who would be down on the battlefield fighting. God did not call her to be like Aaron, to be the one who would eventually lead the people in the priesthood. But God said to her, I need somebody who can go over there and hold up the hands of that man of God. And her said, show me where to go, show me what to do, and I'll be there. Thank God for people like her. What do you mean, preacher? Well, let's be candid. Not everybody gets called to preach and thank God because this would be a miserable church if all of y'all was preachers. You have no idea. You get around a bunch of preachers, well, thank God we're not surrounded by nothing but. I love them. There's nobody on the planet that loves preachers more than I do, but they're a special breed under themselves. Not everyone can be great singers. 
Not everyone has got the talent to, to play an instrument. Not everybody can do the visible jobs. And I'm always reminded that 1 Corinthians chapter 12 makes this very clear that the Lord places us in the body of Christ as it pleases Him. We read about in Jeremiah, the potter and the clay. The clay doesn't get up to look up at the potter and say, I want to be a glass or I want to be a bowl or I want to be a vase. The potter decides what the clay is going to be. But it's our job to take whatever talent, whatever ability he's given us and use it for his divine glory. There's a reason, church. That my favorite hymn is page 397 in your hymn book. Little is much when God is in it. Labor not for wealth or fame. There's a crown and you can win it. If you'll go in Jesus' name. Far too many, and I say this respectfully, far too many today are only willing to serve God if they stand in the spotlight. Far too many are only willing to serve God if there's notoriety attached. But you hear me and you hear me well. In the work of God, there is no task that is unimportant. There is nothing that is too small to be done. Thank God for those who know that God saved them and they'll do whatever they can to be used for His glory. These kind of people are invaluable. These kind of people are involved. Listen to what I'm about to say. These kind of people are often invisible. These kind of people are often invisible. What do you mean, Pastor? This, this man, her, is not mentioned anywhere from Genesis 1 to Exodus 16. He, his name literally pops up right here. We know nothing about him. And then he seemingly vanishes again with just a couple of mentions that I'll share with you in a few moments. Uh, he, he pops up. He's been invisible scripturally since this time. He does this thing, and then he seemingly becomes invisible again. He unquestionably lived in the shadows while those around him received the glory. I'm going to read between the lines just a little bit. But who's the one sitting on the rock with his hands lifted up? Moses. So I can imagine when the battle is over. As Moses comes down into the camp, he's been sitting on the precipice uh, there on the rock uh, with his arms lifted up. And I can imagine the pats on the back uh, as he comes into camp. Uh, and folks say, Moses, uh, thank you for interceding. Uh, Moses, thank you for keeping your hands up. Uh, we could not have done this without you. Who's the one that's leading the armies down in the battlefield, church? Joshua. I can imagine as Joshua comes back to camp and there are pats on the back from the other soldiers. What a hero. What a man. What a great spiritual leader God has given us. I can even see Aaron who's on the one side of Moses because he's the worship leader leading them in prayer, leading them in a song. But I wonder if anybody looked at her and said, thank you for what you did up there. We could not have done this without you. I would be willing to bet that in comparison to Joshua and Moses and Aaron, that her 
was pretty much invisible. What does that matter, preacher? Oh, it matters a whole lot. You see, the work that people like her do, it is often thankless. People like her, they work and they labor, yet rarely does anybody ever come up and say thank you. Rarely does anyone come up and pat them on the back and say, thank you for what you did. Do you know why? Because the work is almost invisible. It's unseen. Hear me what I'm about to say. Because it is unseen does not mean it's unimportant. Here's a few things I jotted down this morning. What about the person who made sure the toilets were clean and stocked with toilet paper? It's a big deal if it ain't there. Nobody ever looks over at the toilet paper and says, Thank you, Jesus, for the person who put it here. But let it not be there. And good golly, Miss Molly, you know what busts out. What about the person who made sure the grass was mowed this week? What about the person who made sure the nursery was tended to in Sunday school and during church? What about the person who made sure the bills were paid this week? What about the person who made sure that the water leak that seemed to have sprung out of nowhere was taken care of this week? What about the person who made sure that the heat in the air comes on? What about the person who shows up and prays every week? These are the heroes, church, because without them, this don't happen. Without them, this work fails. I submit to you that people who labor unnoticed are the heroes. I have a gazillion stories. One of my favorite comes from the man named William Booth. He's a great preacher of yesteryear, a Methodist preacher who felt the call of the Lord to go into the streets of London and begin ministering to the people instead of the church. He stood up at a Methodist conference, as was the requirement, to request permission from the presiding bishop in order to be released from his church and go into the streets and preach. The bishop heard the request and denied it, telling William Booth that they would not waste a man of his education, of his talent, or his ability on, quote, street people. Upon hearing this, Booth sat down, resigned to defeat, but his little wife, seated up in the balcony, because women at that time were not allowed on the first floor, stood up, leaned over the rail and said, did the bishop call you or did God call you? She looked at her husband square in the face and said, I will stand with you if the entire church turns its back. She astonishingly came down from the balcony. Booth took her by the arm. They left the building and formed what we know of today as the Salvation Army. Where thousands upon thousands upon hundreds of thousands of people have been saved, who've been helped, who've been touched. Because someone who seemingly was in the background said, with God on our side, we can do this. These people are invaluable. They're involved. They're often invisible. But fourthly, finally, and I think oh so critically, 
Whether they know it or not, these people are investing themselves in others. They are investing themselves in others. Exodus chapter 31, if you would please, turn there, church. Exodus chapter 31. We have fast-forwarded a couple of years now. The land has been in the process of being subdued, or get, rather, the, the process of marching. And God needs somebody who can build the tabernacle. God is looking for someone who can build the edifice, the structure that will become the dwelling place of Jehovah, the meeting place between God and his people. Look at verse number 1. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezaleel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. In short, God needed someone to build the tabernacle and provide a place where the Lord could meet his people. And as he scanned across the millions of people of the nation of Israel, scholars believe it was in excess of two million people who crossed the Red Sea at this point. He looked for somebody with the talent, the ability, and I think most importantly the willingness, and he landed upon the man who just happened to be the grandson of her. Why Bezalel? Why Bezalel? After all, the Lord said that the Spirit of God filled him with all cunningness and craftsmanship and workness. And I said, God, give me some of that because I ain't got a lick of it. In fact, Joshua, bless his heart, sent me a text this past week and said, Preacher, I'm here at the church and the lights upstairs in the Sunday school area are not turning on. I said, thank you for letting me know. I'll take care of it. So I got out my little text, and I said, hey, Brother Eddie, what you doing, buddy? (laughs) Joshua sent me a text back and said, preacher, if you would like, I'd be happy to go directly to the man in the future. I said, that would be great, because all I'm serving is the go-between. I don't have a clue what to do. Well, would you look at me? Lights came on this morning. Place had heat, place had air. You would have never even known it, have I not told you what happened. You see, I cannot help but think that Bezalel watched his grandpa laboring tirelessly with rarely a pat on the back. I can't help but think that Bezalel watched perhaps his daddy and his grandpa faithfully doing the work of God. He saw in something. He saw in his grandpa Something that turned him on to the Spirit of God. You may not have a high-profile position. You may think that cleaning the church, praying for services, teaching your little class, working with children, serving in the nursery is unimportant. Would you listen to me? 
You are investing in the lives of people. A leader that I respect immensely says it like this. The greatest thing you can give someone is your time. Worth far more than a dollar. Worth far more than anything because your time is the one thing you will never get back. So I say to you this, church, there are no unimportant duties. For every one of you who work in the nursery, who teach Sunday school, who teach Awana, who work in the Christmas production, who pray for the services, listen to what I'm about to share. I've shared it once before, some time ago, but I want to share it again. All of us, if you've been in church any length of time, know the name Dwight Moody. An incredible preacher who shook two continents for the cause of Jesus Christ, Europe and North America. In fact, uh, in appreciation of him, when people describe uh, Dwight Moody, uh, they talk about him having one foot in Europe uh, and one foot in America and the millions of souls he led to the Lord. Which you may not have known is Dwight Moody was led to the Lord by a shoe salesman who was his Sunday school teacher by the name of Edward Kimball. Edward Kimball, faithful to his Sunday school class, led Dwight Moody to the Lord in his shoe shop. Well, what you may not also know is that J. Wilbur Chapman, another great preacher of yesteryear, was converted at a Dwight Moody evangelistic meeting. What does that matter, preacher? Well, interestingly, a man by the name of Billy Sunday who was an incredible baseball player, got born again at a Wilbur Chapman meeting. And a fella who was a converted Jew by the name of Mordecai Ham was converted at a Billy Sunday meeting. And a fella that you may have heard of named Billy Graham was converted at a Mordecai Ham meeting. And what I didn't know until I shared that last time and Brother Danny came up to me and said, Preacher, can I take your analogy a step further? I said, sure. He said, this church is the beneficiary of that Sunday school teacher. I said, Brother Danny, I love you, but that's a pretty bold step. He said, my mama and daddy met at Moody Bible College. Heaven will only tell the millions who were saved because of one little Sunday school teacher who labored in who labored in seeming obscurity don't misunderstand what I'm about to say Billy Graham is I think one of the grandest people who have ever stepped into a pulpit and the rewards and the accolades have been he will I always hear people say well he didn't do this he led more to the people to the Lord than I'll ever preach to you'll not see me cast a single stone in his direction but there have been tons of accolades that are poured upon him. My goodness, one of the grandest spiritual experiences of my life is walking to the Billy Graham Museum. It is spectacular. Listen to what I'm about to say and I'm done. There's no museum to Edward Kimball. There's no great celebrations in honor of Edward Kimball. But without Edward Kimball, without Edward Kimball, there's no Dwight Moody. There's no Wilbur Chapman. There's no Billy Sunday. 
There's no Mordecai Ham. And there's no Billy Graham. So I want to close with this. I know heroes, the job gets long. I know it gets difficult. I know that laboring without even an acknowledgement of thanks is not easy. And if you're like me, there are times, you don't have to nod your head, you don't have to say amen, but there are times when you think, I wonder if anybody would even know if I quit. Can I state to you this morning, please don't throw in the towel. We need you. We need what you bring to the table. None of this happens without you. Stand to your feet this morning. I have no doubt. In fact, when I tell you can look this way, when I taught this lesson very different downstairs in that series, there were several people that came up to me afterwards and said, Preacher, that's who I am. I'm a her. I, I, I don't, I don't want to be in the limelight. I don't want to be front and center. To every one of you, I want you to hear me. I am so appreciative of what you do. I love you. And I thank you for the work that you do, even though it seems like you labor in obscurity. And I have no doubt that there are some here this morning who thought perhaps about throwing in the towel. I'm going to say again to you, please don't. You are too important to the work of the Lord. Bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're here this morning, nobody's looking. And you say, Pastor Greg, I want to be a person like her. I want to do my job to the best of my ability. I want to give it 110% knowing that I'm investing somebody else's life I don't want you to raise your hand I want you to step out right now I know there's not a lot of room right here but we'll make it come on every one of you come on everybody just come on I want to be a man or woman like her to do whatever little thing I can for the best of my ability as long God gives me breath and I want to say secondly this morning this message is for believers if you're here today and you've never met Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want to challenge you. Let me introduce him to you today. I'm going to pray. And I want you to ask your heart. I want to examine your heart right now and ask this question. If I died today, would heaven be my home? Nobody's looking. Is there anyone in the building who would say, Pastor Greg, pray for me. I'm just not 100% sure. Anyone like that this morning? Father, thank you for your presence today. I pause a moment and I say, God, thank you for every man and woman who labors in this church so tirelessly for the cause of Christ. Lord, I pray that you'd just be so good to them. I pray that you'd pour out buckets of blessings upon them for their faithfulness to the work of God at SAGBC. Bless this invitation now in Christ's name. Brother Ken, sing us a verse. Oh, to Jesus.
perfect song, Ken. I will ever. you sing this chorus, you can look this way. I surrender. I surrender all. I surrender. I surrender all. All to Thee. All to Thee, my blessed Savior. I We'll close with one more thing. Every one of you, thank you. Thank you, thank you for the work that you do at this church. Brother Ken, I want you to dismiss us in prayer. Fellowship with each other. Don't forget practice today at 2.30. Brother Ken.